first four verses of chapter 1 and the first four verses of chapter 2. The oracle that the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? Or cry to you violence and you will not save? Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arrive, arise. So the law becomes slack and justice never prevails. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, judgment comes forth perverted. In chapter 2, I will stand at my watch post and station myself on the rampart. I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we give you thanks for your word, and we pray that you would continue to speak through your word to our hearts. Give us ears to hear what you would say to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the football team at my alma mater, Wofford College, student population 1,500, took on the mighty Clemson Tigers yesterday. Population, oh, I don't know, 30,000, 40,000. Uh, we're neighbors. Uh, Spartanburg is about 45 minutes from Clemson. And here's what was really going on yesterday. Uh, we know that Clemson is trying to win another national championship, and, and we just wanted to help them. Uh, we wanted to encourage them, so we kind of let them have their way. You know, we just kind of didn't bring our A game, and, and they beat us 59 to 14, and we felt like, you know, we were doing our parts uh, for the neighborhood. Uh, a great time was had by all. Um, good friend of mine from college days uh, played linebacker for the football team at Wofford. And when I read the first phrase of chapter 2, verse 1, where the prophet says, I will stand at my watch post. I always think of my friend Steve. He was two years ahead of me, and uh, when I was about to graduate, when I was heading towards that finish line and seeking what to do next, what is the Lord's will for life beyond college, I talked with Steve and I asked him, how did God call you to what you're doing? He was already a youth minister at a church in Spartanburg. What's that call on your life, and how did you discern that call? And I'll never forget what he said. He, he said, I, I just want to stay at my post and love these teenagers and love this city. Stay at my post and love people with the love of Jesus. Stay at my post. And except for a three-year break for seminary up at some place called Princeton, Steve has 
has stayed at his post at the same church, same city, same neighborhood for over 30 years. Now, it's not just uh, his discipline or his stick to his commitment that has enabled him to stay that long at the same post. His faith in Jesus Christ has enabled him to do that. So if we look at verse 4 of chapter 2, we hear a, a very familiar uh, phrase because Paul quotes it in the New Testament. He says, the righteous live by their faith. My friend Steve and, and all of us, through faith in Jesus Christ, we receive the forgiveness of sins. And we receive through the power of the Holy Spirit, the ability, the power, the means to stay at our posts, to live by faith, to be the people we've been called to be and to do the things that God calls us to do. Stay at your post, verse one says. Alexander read so beautifully from Luke chapter 19, Zacchaeus' story, what was his post in that passage? It was up on a sycamore tree. That was the place where he was looking, watching, waiting for Jesus. And Jesus sees him at his post and engages him and they interact and Jesus calls him into salvation. In just a moment, we'll look at Habakkuk's post, his watch post, the place where he was waiting and listening and watching for a word from the Lord. But before we do that, let's begin to ask the question for ourselves, what are our posts? Where are the places, where are the watch posts that God has placed us for each of us to be looking for the presence of God and to respond faithfully where we see God at work. All of us, whatever our family makeup, whatever our family role, in that role, it is a watch post. It is a post where we are observing, watching, waiting, seeing where God is at work, and then participating in that work. Wherever we work or go to school or socialize, whatever community organizations we're a part of, wherever we live, certainly our church, all of these places are watch posts, posts that God has placed us in. And our call, each of us as individuals, our responsibility is to stay at our post, to live by faith, and to do our part in the work of the Lord. So what's your post? Where are your posts? Where are the places God has placed you to watch for the work of the Spirit and to join in, participating in the Spirit's work? Well, let's look at the particular specific watch post that Habakkuk finds himself. Chapter one, verses one through four, you may have noticed that Habakkuk is deeply distressed. He is concerned. It is a grave situation. And so he begins his prophetic words by saying in verse two of chapter one, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not listen. The implication is there's something difficult going on. There's some kind of distress. And Habakkuk has been crying out for a long time and he doesn't feel like, it doesn't seem like the Lord is listening. How long will I have to cry out, O Lord, for the help? that I desperately need from you. And then he says in the second part of verse, verse two, or cry to you violence and you will not save. There's danger in the land. Violence is happening. It is an unsafe place. He needs the Lord to save him. And it's not happening as quickly 
as he would like. And then there's this sense in verse 3 that God is making him experience this. Why do you make me see wrongdoing and look at trouble? Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise. Why must I endure this? Why must I witness this? Why must I see this happen all around? And then in verse 4, we see that even the law has become slack. Justice never prevails. It's become perverted because the wicked surround the righteous. Life is not functioning in Israel as Habakkuk knows that it should. It's not functioning according to the will of God. And so he's crying out to the Lord to intervene. Now, there are lots of different theories about the historical situation here. Uh, There's not a consensus, but it seems to me that the best way to locate what's happening for Habakkuk is to see what he says in verses 1 through 4 as as a, a cry out in the midst of the injustice and the wickedness of Israel's king Jehoiakim. Uh, he, he was not a faithful king. Uh, he, he did not honor the Lord. He was not a faithful shepherd of the people. Uh, Habakkuk was a contemporary of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah the prophet speaks of Jehoiakim and his brothers in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 17. But your eyes and heart are only on your dishonest gain for shedding innocent blood and for practicing oppression and violence. The king is not leading well. The king is not leading faithfully. The king is abusing the people. And so on behalf of the people, Habakkuk cries out to the Lord to intervene. And in chapter 1, God does speak. God hears and God does speak and does speak a word of hope in a sense. Look at verse 6 of chapter 1. The Lord says, I am rousing the Chaldeans, that fierce and impetuous nation who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. It's another word for the Babylonians. And the Lord is saying in verses uh, 5 through 12, that the Babylonian Empire is going to be the justice of the Lord and is going to conquer Israel. And and King Jehoiakim and all of the other kings who have been uh, unfaithful, their reign, their rule will end. And that's a good thing, but Habakkuk is not too excited about the other things that come along with the defeat of the king, which that is the destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple. And in the rest of verse of chapter one, Habakkuk cries out to the Lord not to do these things, basically. And yet we know through the other prophets and from Habakkuk himself that it's not just the kings that bring judgment upon Israel. It's the entire people who have fallen short of being who God would have them be. And so even in the midst of hearing that judgment is coming, Habakkuk is still listening. And so he says in chapter 2, verse 1, the second part of the verse, I will keep watch to see what he will say to me and what he will answer concerning my complaint. He's watching, he's listening, he's waiting for a word from the Lord, the next word to which he can respond with faith and obedience. Verse two of chapter two. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so that a runner may read it. For there is still a vision for the appointed time. It speaks of the end and does not lie. If it seems to tarry, wait for it, for surely it will come and it will not delay. There is a vision in the midst of 
all of the destruction that is to come. There is a vision in the midst of the exile that's to happen. The Babylonians do conquer Israel. They do destroy the temple, and they take the best and brightest of Israelite citizens, and they march them to Babylon to serve as servants, as slaves in exile. And the vision of which the Lord speaks in chapter 2 is a promise that even though judgment is to come, even though destruction and exile are to come, those things are not the last word. And the Lord will bring the people home. That's the vision. They will come home one day. But then as life continued on in ancient Israel, the vision that Habakkuk and other prophets speak of begins to expand. They begin to understand that it's a bigger vision. It's the vision of the Messiah coming. And, and so on that day that we'll celebrate not long from now, Jesus is born, the Messiah, and Mary and Joseph bring him to the temple, and Anna and Simeon welcome him as the promised delivered, the promised child. That's a larger part of the vision. And then as we think of the vision that Habakkuk speaks of that he receives from the Lord, and we look at it through Old Testament and New Testament perspectives, through the, the wide course of Scripture, we understand that the vision is that one day at Christ's second advent, the kingdom of God will fully come and God's will will be fully done on earth as it is in heaven. And the new creation will be fully experienced. Habakkuk dreams of this day. He doesn't know the particulars, but he's got a word from the Lord, a vision to live for, a vision to live by. And with that vision in his heart, he can stand at his post Chapter 2, verse 1. He can live by faith. Chapter 2, verse 4. Just a moment ago, we read the names of people in our church who have died in the past year. And many of you voiced the names of others that you know and that you love from our church and beyond. But focusing especially on those from our church who have died and are with the Lord, on this day we can give thanks that they stayed at their posts and they lived by faith. And we are stronger as a people because of their witness, because of their steadfastness, because of their commitment to staying where God had placed them and doing the things that God had called them to do. They stayed at their posts. Following the service, but before the benediction, we're going to vote on our proposed 2020 ministry action budget. It's beautiful that we're doing so around All Saints Day because we're sitting, worshiping in this place that is here and is well kept and is beautiful because the saints who have gone before us and the saints in this room have stayed at our posts and we've given to make this place possible and the ministries that flow from it. And so as we vote on this budget, we'll have an opportunity to make a commitment to stay at our post, to finish this year strong fiscally and to stay at our post so that we can meet our obligations and fulfill and 
pursue all of the ministries that God has called us to do in 2020 as we stay at our post and give our tithes and offerings and as we live by faith. And all of us, wherever the different posts, watch posts, places are in our lives where we live by faith, family, where we work, where we go to school, certainly here in church, we're called to live out the vision the shorter-term vision under that larger vision of the kingdom coming, the shorter-term vision of our church, we're called to live it out, each of us doing our part, staying in our post, living by faith. That vision, we've articulated it this way, the Spirit has helped us to articulate it this way, that we as a people, that we as a church, help each other become more like Jesus, and we love each other unconditionally, and we worship God wholeheartedly, and we help people meet Jesus. And we love our hurting world. That's a post for us, a vision for us to live out by faith in whatever posts God has placed us. Will you make a commitment to stay at your post and live in these ways by faith that God's work may be done? Where has God placed you? What's the watch post or posts where you're called to live by vision and live by faith? A group of travelers at the airport, their flights come in, their flights are late, they're cranky, they're tired, they're wanting to get to their hotels, get to their cars as quickly as they can. Uh, they get on the shuttle bus from the uh, terminal to the parking lot and... They're just not a happy bunch. But things change pretty quickly. Things change for this cranky group of folks because of the smile that they see in the bus driver, because of the energy that they see in her eyes, because of the joy they hear in her voice as she welcomes them. They take their place on the bus, and as she begins to pull away, she gets on her little microphone and says, you know, I, I, I always have to stop for people who are running late because you can see it in their eyes. They're, they're running late and I, I just have to go after them. And, oh, there's one right now. Let's go find them. And, and she picks them up and, and she picks up their luggage and she places it uh, on, on the cart and there's such warmth and there's such joy in her voice. And, and all of a sudden, the other passengers on the shuttle bus are getting into the act. They're helping her look for people that have missed the bus. Oh, there's one. Let's stop for them and they're cheering her on. It's like Jesus is driving the shuttle bus. And she says to them, now I know you're in a hurry. I know you want to get to your destination as quickly as possible. So I'm going to get you there as, as safely and as, and as quickly as I can. And then those who had been cranky were now filled with joy. They were getting to know one another. They were talking. There was a sense of life. There was a sense of energy on the bus. And they didn't want to get off. They wanted to go for another ride around the terminal just to be with their driver. Why? Because she was staying at her post. And she was living by faith. And she was letting people see Jesus right where she was right at the place that God had called her to be.
a tough time for Habakkuk. It's a tough place. Destruction, violence is all around. There's more to come as he writes these words from the Lord. But he still believes. He still has faith. Because of his faith and because he knows the Lord is with him, he stays at his post and he waits and he watches and he lives by faith. There's a lot of pain in the world. The world is not as it should be. There's a lot of pain in each of our own little worlds. Our lives are not as they should be. One day they will be right through Jesus Christ, through his second advent, one day. But until that day, we live by faith. Faith in the love of Jesus. Jesus is love. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves me. He loves us all. And his promises are true. And one day he will bring the kingdom. One day he will make things, all things new. But until that day, we live by faith. And we stay at our post. And we do the things God has called us to do. And we give. And we work together and we worship and we witness. We draw others to Jesus Christ that they may join us at their post as we stay at our post together. That God may receive glory and that we may become the people we were created to be. Sisters and brothers, let us live by faith and stay at our posts. Let's pray together. All of us have multiple posts, places where you have placed us, O Lord. And so over the next week, I pray for each of us that you would help us to stay at our posts, do our work well, watch for your presence, join in where you are working, participate in your work in the lives of others, and open ourselves to your love. For every person who is struggling with some challenge, give them strength, help them stay at their post. For every person dealing with, with doubt or some kind of anxiety, give them peace and strength and help them to stay at their post. For every person among us who is struggling to endure, it seems like it's hard to sustain the call, give them endurance, help them stay at their post. For all who have gone before us and have helped us as a congregation stay at our collective post in this community, we're grateful. And we pray now that you would help us as a church body to live by faith in such a way that we, as a church, stay at our post, giving witness to the love of Jesus Christ, joining your work in the world, 
and offering our lives to you together in worship. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. What a beautiful hymn to sing. Be Thou My Vision 562. As we sing this hymn, I'll stand at the front to receive any who would publicly profess faith in Jesus Christ for the first time and present yourself as a candidate for baptism. Or any person, anyone who is already a follower of Jesus but not a part of a church home, come and join us and help us stay at our post. You may need to come forward and to pray. All of us, as we sing, are invited to renew that commitment to follow Jesus and stay at the post where he has placed us. Would you stand as we sing together? <laughs>